Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. Because the first two I think I did, and then you. Delicious. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Nothing about you. Oh, well, that's Your hair is a solid object. Hey, I'm Rob, <laughs> and welcome to this episode of What Do You Got? I'm Nick. I guess I'm here, too. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> You've never once learned in all the years I've known you that I'm always recording. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're kind of like the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. So, after weeks of doing stories of World War II and <laughs> Nazi fuckery and, and then people disappearing, yeah. yes, we're going to do a comedy. A we real are. comedy this time. Yeah, Not just a comedy, silly hats. A comedy that's true and yeah. scary. <laughs> True, yes. Uh, nuclear Holocaust is a fun time for everyone. Mm -hmm. Which leads me to what we're going to be talking about today. I stumbled upon this um, first as a Time magazine article and then a, a segment that John Oliver did uh, on his program on the home box office <laughs> uh, about the preparedness of the airmen who work on our nuclear launch sites and utter lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, they're not good. <laughs> They're, they're not that good. Um, and they're sort of like stuck in that situation as well. There's really yeah. nothing that they can do about that. Uh, yeah, so uh, the big focus of the Time uh, article was highlighting how, essentially, if you are one of the people who work at these uh, launch sites, at the silos, uh, and uh, places where they, they do the... Where they turn turn the two keys, turn the keys from each side of the room. Yeah, which I always love in the movies. Turn the keys to her. Um, turn your key, Mora. Turn your key. You can't get a promotion unless you score a one hundred percent on the aptitude tests that they give you several times a year. Uh, some of which are open book, some of which are closed book, but all of which are punishingly difficult. Uh, which so, which they do say is almost physically impossible to score a one hundred. Yes, they sort of. Uh, uh, quoted a commander as saying, "Like, hey, if you want to try it without, you know, <clears throat> cheating, uh, it's very noble. But you're not, you're never going to get out of here. So you've got now guys who, I, I mean, I guess I understand it to a certain point because, like, you want the people in charge of this to absolutely know what they're doing, but also a hundred percent. So yeah. everyone's cheating. They're the writing down answer keys and giving it to the next guys who take it, and it is literally encouraged yeah, by their generals and <laughs> because, like, what the hell else are they going to do? Yeah." But that much being understandable, like I get it, and you know that's a problem of our of our uh, uh, government and a military structure putting it on these guys. But then you got things like everybody's doing drugs <laughs> in the missile silos. They're propping open the door that leads to the nuclear weapons because they don't want to have to keep using the keys. They're falling asleep while the doors are open. Hookers, <laughs> hookers are being brought to places. The commander of our ICBM. As intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, for those of you who don't know, was over in Which Moscow. Which I expect is most people. Just sort of bragging about how big his dick was because he saves the world well, every day. Well, he was super drunk mm -hmm. at a Mexican bar in Russia. <laughs> yes, that's right, folks. A Mexican bar <laughs> in Russia. Um, so things are not great. great. <laughs> uh, and another detail I found out that's slightly horrifying is I believe they are still doing this or only just upgraded it, is that everything runs on floppy disks. And not just floppy disks, the giant floppy disks from the 60s and 70s. The ones that actually flop. Yeah. Not <laughs> not the hard little ones we had in the 90s when you were in the computer library in school. Nope. We're talking ones that look like LPs. Yeah, like a <laughs> megabyte. Um, and it sounds horrifying, but it's also this notion of, like, you can't just swap out digital components of missiles. Yeah. And the systems that run them. So we're just sort of stuck using these and hoping they don't in a, stop working. In a way. Solid state formatting. In a way, I think, like, in it kind of makes sense that they're using these old floppy disks because they're, they're not easily, like, you can't hack those, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. I mean, it's not like something that's on a flash drive, right? Like, I feel like a... 
Yeah, I don't believe there's a network <clears throat> yeah. to, to hack into, but like still, it kind of it makes me afraid of thinking about how much my computer in the '90s used to just sort of crash just because. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> it, like, what happens if something goes wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Or everything, I or, should say. We'll, we'll never know until we try. If goes wrong. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, I, people feel trapped. People feel trapped. Yeah, it's and a, thus, they're just not doing their jobs. It's a wacky world. Yeah, and, I very uh, much recommend checking out the John Oliver uh, video about it. Just, yes. And like always, we will, we will link the Time article in the description of the podcast. Probably link the John Oliver bit as well, maybe. Might as well. It's a good yeah. one-two punch. Um, but you're reading this, and it just sounds... Like an absolutely bad pitch for a comedy. Yeah. So we're gonna make a bad pitch for a comedy. So, so that's what we're here to do today. Yeah. So uh, Rob, my thanks to the men and women of our armed forces. I'm sorry, you're stuck inside a missile silo with uh, no escape. Oh, actually, LSD. you know, before we before we ask the all important question, mm-hmm. ironically, I was I don't remember what I was reading the other day, but it, it had nothing to do with this. Okay. But I did learn that the DoD, the Department of Defense, they actually do have an area of their industry that is sanctioned for Hollywood films and they will completely fund a movie if it's about the US military and paints it in a good light We're, so but wait wait hear me out but we can't so, hear me out so this uh, if you think about let's say independence day okay. they were on board to finance the entirety of Independence Day, meaning giving them all the jets, giving them all the uniforms, everything they needed, until they learned that they were doing Area 51. When the movie refused to back down from using Area 51, they took away all funding. Now, our movie, we haven't even gotten into it yet, but it is not going to paint the U.S. Army in good light. So there is no way in hell this movie would get funded. No. (laughs) Why are you even bringing this up? It's just funny that the DoD actually has a Hollywood area where they're like, ah, you're making us look like the good guys. Here's some money. Maybe we could convince them if they save the day at the end. Yeah. In in my movie, spoiler, they don't. Um, Uh, (laughs) Rob, what do you got? (laughs) Made again. Uh, Holy shit. So, uh, my first... I had this initial instinct that was to immediately do an Apatow movie, mm. but um, but I thought, okay, that's that's one approach, but I want to really challenge myself, so we're not, I'm not going to take the Seth Rogen approach. Mm-hmm. So I did because then you just have your whole cast, yeah, <clears throat> and your and your director. Yeah. So I I really want it to be a farce, okay, just um, in in a not quite all the way, but almost Wes Anderson way of everything having that deadpan play up to it. Okay. Uh, but the director I actually chose for this is going to be Kenneth Branagh. Mm. Uh, he doesn't really get a lot of props for his comedy, but I, I think he's quite funny and has good instincts for yeah. it. Um, ranging from the way he handles the Shakespeare comedies, which which I love and are big ensemble pieces and require a lot of attention to costuming and set detail. And Wild Wild West. Uh, he didn't direct that film. <laughs> He just got paid a lot of money to, to be a mechanical spider. Whatever the hell that was. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always I've admired his comedy, and people just sort of give him like Thor credit mm-hmm. and Henry V. That was like, no, nah, there's there's more there. He also made like a 1930s Hollywood Shakespeare movie, so that was fun. Which <laughs> one was that? That's uh, what is that? As you like it. Oh, okay. Or, is that the one with Britannic? Or Twelfth Night? No, 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 no. You're talking about Joss Whedon. Oh, um, that was the Whedon movie, right? Yeah, and so then they started putting together cast from there. Uh, as the base commander of our ICBM site, uh, I want it to be Bill Murray. Okay, so you're um, using a Wes Anderson alum. Yes. <laughs> so I want to go like 50% Wes Anderson, okay. and I trust Kenneth Brown to pull that off. Uh, just because I really want to do a whole travel bit of Bill Murray going to Russia and getting drunk while eating tacos. Okay, so you're having him play of... uh, Major General Michael Carey. Yes, Okay. I sure am. Um, as as our, our sort of uh, uh, authority, if okay. you would, presence in the movie, uh, you know, quote unquote, he's never going to leave his office. <laughs> uh, and just I, I I love the idea of doing a madcap five minute sequence of him in Russia, uh, just that someone brings it up and then we just zoom and quick shot into. It. <laughs> uh, and then for our crew of people who are uh, working on the site, I'd probably go with uh, I'd put Channing Tatum, okay, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Anna Kendrick, and Jorge Garcia. Who is the second person? O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Ice Cube's son. He played Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton. Oh, okay. He was in that Aubrey Plaza movie where she's a crazy stalker. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and you chose Jorge? 
Jorge Garcia. Nice. All right. Uh, for that's probably the name people wouldn't immediately recognize. That's Hurley from Lost. Yep. Yeah. Who I love. <laughs> He's an adorable man. He needs more work. Yeah. Big time. Because Hawaii Five O can suck it. <laughs> I never watched that, but that was also Daniel Day Kim, wasn't it? On Hawaii Five O. Yeah. Yeah, it's still running. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think him and Grace Park both left the show because ah they just. Flat out pay Scott Kahn and the other guy more money. Yeah. So, fuck. Daniel Day Kim's a really good actor, too. Sure he's is. A, he's an excellent yeah. talent. Um, interesting. Do you have any titles? Yep. Uh, the poster is going to be the whole cast inside a microwave, and it's going to be called Nuked. <laughs> that feels like sack lunch from I was Seinfeld. Just say, <laughs> I came up with that solely because I know you like sack lunch from Seinfeld <laughs> and the whole cast standing in a sack lunch. For, bag. for those listening who don't know, I am a pretty big Seinfeld fan. Um, Rob is as well. But yeah, that feels very much like sack launch. Yeah. Don't you want to find out how they got in there? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and so plot wise, yeah, it, it's, it's just got to have this deadpan quality to me where I want to have just this constant like looming presence of, all right, the tests are going to be today and they're coming to do inspections and this and this and this and almost, um... Uh, another show Nick and I are huge fans of is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. There's an episode called Charlie Work. Yes. Which they do uh, almost as if it's a one-take episode. Uh, Phenomenally solely, well directed. Phenomenally well done. Uh, just from the perspective of one of the characters trying to get the restaurant ready for its, uh, not restaurant, the bar ready mm-hmm. for its its annual health inspection. And <coughs> the insane ways that they go about making this happen and tricking people and doing these diversions. Yeah. And things just don't even play out. Or, or explain themselves until the very end, and you go, oh my god, <laughs> that's why he was doing that the entire episode, I didn't get it. <laughs> and, and then it finally comes to a head, and I want to have that constantly moving energy. So are you thinking direction like that, like Birdman, where it's one-shot edit? Um, no, I probably wouldn't try to do the same Birdman thing. Okay. I just want that energy and that sense that we're almost doing it in real time. So you, Okay, so As yeah, you would say it's kind of like a day. Like, the yep. movie takes place over a course of a day. Yeah, yeah, my thought is, like, just because of a weird flub of the calendar, yeah. today is not just uh, closed book exam day, mm-hmm. but, like, the uh, one of the Joint Chiefs of the Air Force is coming to do an inspection, like and, they, they're, and they're having the, like, uh, what do you call it, the nuclear weapons inspectors come and make sure everything's right. Like, Everything it's, has just happened to fall on the same. It's day like the, the U.S. military just botched their scheduling for that day. Like they just overbooked themselves. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's like all the worst possible things that could, be, that could be scheduled at the same time just happened to because of schedule rotation, and it's never happened before. <laughs> That's fantastic. And suddenly, everyone who is high off their ass has to. I I want it to be that they actually put more work into faking the competency of this place than they do to actually making it a competent yeah. So, yeah. In a way, it's it's similar, ironically, to Seinfeld, where when George is unemployed, he is working so hard to stay unemployed mm-hmm. as opposed to getting a job. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> wow, if you had just directed this effort in, in a single direction, this would be the the <clears throat> best-kept base in, in the entire U.S. military, if not the Air Force. That is great. Yeah, and... Um, by the end, I do want there to be sort of uh, a musical leitmotif in the movie. It will be the, so- the song, uh, in English, it's 99 Red Balloons. Nice. Uh, in German, it's 99 Luft Balloons. Now, most people have only heard it in German, and they don't know what it means. And yeah. it's actually a song about uh, a nuclear war starting because someone confuses 99 Red Balloons on a radar screen for incoming enemy jets. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, the whole <clears throat> song is about the end of the world. <laughs> and it just spirals. And I want a similar thing to happen. And at the end of the movie, they are all praised and given medals for averting um, a, an ordered nuclear response because they weren't prepared and they couldn't make it happen. Yeah. It seems like they figured out that it wasn't actually a real thing. It was just like a radar echo. Okay. But the only reason they actually didn't fire the missile is because they, they, they couldn't. They tore the floppy disk in half. <laughs> But then as a result physically of that, broke it. Yeah, they physically broke the floppy disk. Yeah, they tried to tape it back together. <laughs> but their comeuppances, because they've been awarded now and gotten medals, they're all being transferred yes. to like better positions where they actually have to do work. <laughs> Is that the ending? And it's almost a Curb Your Enthusiasm ending. Of That's just, like, fantastic. That's so great. Oh my god. And, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's my idea. Just awesome. Smash cut to credits from Bill Murray. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then just end. Yep. That's awesome. 
What do you got, Nick? Okay, so I went, I would say kind of a similar route, but instead mm-hmm. of Wes Anderson, I felt very much burn after reading Coen Brothers. Ooh. Um, so I have a lot of ideas here. Okay. Um, I didn't choose the Coen Brothers as my director, although I'm kind of thinking maybe. It's interesting that we both went that way in this, that we had a certain director's style in mind, but we wanted someone else to execute yes. execute it in their own yes, way. Yes, exactly. So I, I have two choices for director, and I'm honestly not entirely sure who I'd want. Honestly, Branagh would probably be a good choice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my first choice was Clooney, but we used him in episode one mm-hmm. uh, for Freddie Overstegen. My second choice oh, was... I think, it, I think it'd be okay if you said Clooney just because the director we pretty much did settle on was Patty. That's true. We did yeah, settle on so Pat like, Jenkins. People can be in contention, but I don't think we can have a director win multiple times. I'll yeah, say yeah, we'll yeah be, exactly. Say we'll be the rule. <laughs> um, as, as we make this up as we go. Um, I would I'll say... When we do it inside. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, the the other option I had was Steven Soderbergh, but I, oh, I think okay. I'm I think I'm going to go Clooney on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, title I came up with was first simple enough was the Minutemen, just because that was the name. The Minuteman was the name of the missile. Mm-hmm. But I came up with a better one I like, kind of in the vein of Men Who Stare at Goats, oh. um, which is the Men Who Disarm the World. Oh, and I actually really like that one. <laughs> um, so my cast of characters is I have. So my my opener is with General Michael Carey, but mm. he's not a main player. Okay. The the movie opens with him in Russia, drunk, and then him getting fired. Like very quick cuts of that happening, and then it goes to a press conference with uh, uh, Lieutenant General uh, James Kowalski, uh, who I have being played by Kurt Russell. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> and the beginning of that press conference, it ends with a quote that he actually said, which is, the greatest risk to my force is an accident. The greatest risk to my force is doing something stupid. That's directly at the camera, and then cut to black with the title of the movie. Oh, no. So the movie continues. I have some plot here. Obviously, you and I are going to build something together. But what I came up with was for my movie, uh, first, I have four other characters. I've got uh, an airman, you mm-hmm. know, one of, the, one of the young guys, Jay Baruchel. Um... I've got a Russian spy mm-hmm. who finds a way over, which is oh, uh, which is uh, <laughs> Olga Kirilenko. Oh, okay. I've got a secondary general, which is Vera Farmiga, and I also have a reporter, which is John Boyega. Oh, so shit. I told you I had a lot. Of, I texted you today. I was like, I have a lot to talk about for this one. Yeah. Um, so I, have, I, I got worried. <clears throat> I started scribbling in my notebook. And I'm just saying, uh, so I can uh, only reference it's always sunny so many times. <laughs> so I got I got a three act plot line here. Mm-hmm. Very simply put, just because you and I are actually going to come up with something together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of my movie is that the missiles and the launch codes, the actual floppy disk, go missing. They can't find Wait, them. Where are the missiles they, going? They, they don't know. If you watch the John Oliver bit. They talk, he talks about how they actually did go missing for 36 hours mm-hmm. on the, the tarmac, on the yeah. uh, runway. Oh, And right. they just forgot that they were there. Yeah. Pretty much my idea is that the missiles and the codes go missing. The general and the airmen try to figure it out before the public picks it up. Mm-hmm. But one reporter gets wind of something and starts to investigate. This is where it becomes very burn after reading because the reporter is investigating something that completely doesn't exist. It has nothing to do with the missiles actually missing. He thinks something else is going on, which I didn't really come up with. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the Russian spy also knows. Yes, yes. So, so act two, yeah. the Russian spy comes in, um, and it's just her trying to infiltrate the base, finding the floppy disk and the missiles themselves. Act three, the Russian spy, I didn't come up with a lot of stuff, but... The Russian spy just accidentally gets murdered by the airman. Oh, like, God. walks into the room and he shoots her in the face by accident, just scared. Okay. She dies. The reporter discovers this and starts thinking there's some type of, like, Russian spy cover-up in the American government. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending is literally the missiles and the floppy disks are just found in the quote-unquote backyard of this base camp. Oh, like, my God. they were just in a room next to the room they thought they were in. Mm -hmm. So it's literally just the whole time they were like, we need to find these things, we need to find these things. And then the end, it's like, wait, did you check the third room? And then they're all there, and that's the end. It's a slow, subtle burn with no real ending in sight. I didn't know we had a backyard. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much parking back here. (laughs) How come no one uses this? I'm always taking those freaking trams from across the street. What the hell? (laughs) 
so yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my idea for the movie. Who's your, who's your airman character again? Just the regular uh, airman? Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. Jay yeah. Baruchel. And then my general was Kurt Russell. Skinny little Canadian boy yeah. operating American nukes. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I just, I love the idea of Hiccup trying to figure this stuff out because he's the one that misplaced <laughs> this stuff. And then I just love the idea of Kurt Russell just playing this job. Because I was originally going with Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. but I was like, he's already in Burn After Reading. He's already in War Machine. Yeah. I, I want to, as much as I love that man, I want to give someone else a shot. And then I was going to go with Clooney and I was like Kurt nope. Russell is a really good choice for like the actual base commander as, as opposed to uh, the major general uh, who went to Russia right exactly because yeah Kurt Russell uh, is in one of my favorite movies in the 80s uh, Big Trouble in Little China yeah and he was this character named Jack Burton who is sort of a parody yep. of people who think they're John Wayne yeah and that's the perfect kind of like attitude yeah. to bring to like this, <clears throat> this cowboy head of a military <clears throat> base excuse me um it's funny you mentioned Bill Murray as your lead, though, because what I put together as, like, the movies I'm inspired mm-hmm. by for this one are The Men Who Stare at Goats, Burn After Reading, and Stripes. Because Stripes. I love Stripes. And I need to rewatch it because that movie's fantastic. Stripes and Meatballs, it's like, <laughs> those are two movies where it's like, they're really good for, like, half, and then they start having to have a plot, and yeah. then they stop being When crazy. they actually go, <laughs> when they get off the base camp and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Stripes is the perfect film up until they have to do things <laughs> with the plot, other than just be at that base. But yeah, that that was my idea, just kind of like this very slow Coen Brothers burn, burn after reading yeah. meets um, Hail Caesar. You know, like, not a lot actually happens, but a lot happens. Seeing Hail Caesar with you is one of the highlights of my movie-going career, just because we had no expectations. Yes. And then it was the most bizarre, funny thing that ever happened to us. And ironically, Channing Tatum, who you cast, shows up and does the best Gene Kelly. Sure does. If you haven't seen Hail Caesar, oh. folks, go watch Hail Caesar. It is no day. It is a very interesting <laughs> Coen Brothers film because they're so good at that slow burn where like nothing major actually happens. The most confusing way I can describe that movie is that it's a very romantic look at how unromantic the romantic yes. age of Hollywood was. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and again, you got George Clooney, you got Channing Tatum, who you cast, and I just think uh, I think there's something there for the Coen brothers, but I, I wanted to not use them because I wanted someone else to give their own yeah. interpretation. So, let's put this thing together. All right, here's, here's, here's how I immediately see these two ideas meshing together, is that mine takes place during inspection day and it's madcap trying to make sure everything comes together and yours has to do with missing missiles missing missiles missing and there's, <laughs> there's no reason those two things can't be happening at the same time yes uh, absolutely again going back to that's always sunny episode of like charlie trying to deal with a truck full of steaks uh, while this inspection is happening i think it can all come together like not only we have to cheat on the test we have to make sure the place looks good but like only on the surface. Yeah. We have to fake. We have to say we have to fake a computer di- a demo drill yes. of launching. We have to hide the body of this dead Russian that they all think is a, a hooker that Kurt Russell hired. <laughs> yes. None yes. Of, yes. None of them know or suspect that she's a Rush uh, a Russian spy. <laughs> yeah. Because she's dressed like the pop culture idea of a Russian spy, which is a red mini dress, so she looks like a hooker. Yes. Exactly. So it's literally just this Russian spy comes in, accidentally gets murdered, and everyone's yep. like, "You she, killed the hooker." <laughs> she is having the easiest time. Infiltrating this place, yeah. the doors have been propped open. Where they're not propped open, they're just letting yeah. her in because again, they think she's a hooker. This is literally just stripes. This is like yeah. the group of guys who are just like, yeah, let's have some fun. And she is flawlessly executing an infiltration. And I think this is the part of the movie where we have a one-track shot. Yeah, we are following Olga Kurylenko from she, behind, like from low. Yeah, she is a low shot from behind. Yeah, of course, yeah. she's flawlessly pulling this off. And it, even where she's not, it's just going for her because they suck. And then she just accidentally dies because Jorge Garcia knocks a wrench off the top of the silo and it lands on her at the bottom. Yes, that's so he's just perfect. shuffling around and he's wearing flip-flops and he's not supposed to be wearing flip-flops because yeah. he's on duty and he strumbles and he kicks a wrench and it murders Olga Kurt. And I want it to be uber gory. Like the only shot in the movie that's like got a lot of blood and gore. Like this wrench falls into her head. Yep. And like... There's just a little bit of handle sticking out. The yeah, top. Just, a, just, just a close-up shot of yeah. her eyes twitching and just slowly sliming down, like straight yeah. down, not even falling back <laughs> or anything. She just kind of slowly melts downward. Oh, God. It's and then perfect. I'm just, I'm just seeing, like, either Anna Kendrick or O'Shea Jackson just opening the door and be like, what the hell? Oh! <laughs> oh, God, you killed a hooker. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, what? what? I didn't mean to. So now they're hiding the hooker, not just from the inspection staff, but from the commander who normally would be able to help them yeah. uh, figure this stuff out <laughs> and is like 
<coughs> a 30-year veteran of, of, yeah. of hiding this shit. And, and yeah, then, and I, I just love the idea of having, like, the two generals be a man and a woman, like, my, my choice, Kurt Russell and Vera Farmiga. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of having them both there and completely opposite thought processes, mm-hmm. pr- processes for... For the way that this should be handled, yeah. Like Kurt Russell, I want it. I want it to be super like '80s manly, mm-hmm. like every hookers and blow. Like yeah. that's what he wants. Just exactly what like Trouble in Little China does. Just yeah. expose how utterly useless the John Wayne and the, yeah. is. And then you have Vera Farmiga, who is an actual general, but still kind of on the dumb mm-hmm. side because she works at this base and she's stuck doing paperwork. Yeah, the whole <laughs> she, time, and they're con- she's constantly <clears throat> trying to come out of the office, and they're just coming up with. That's stuff. the whole movie for her. She's just in the office yeah. doing paperwork. Work. They're constantly coming up with new things. <laughs> Reasons like, for her not to get out of the room. They don't want her to see the dead hooker, quote-unquote. Yeah. The Joint Chiefs <laughs> need you to correlate this data between our place and this place, and it's going to take a while because we have to send the, we have to send the data physically and get it back from them. So you, but you got to stay in here. As like, he's talking, you just see a guy walk past with a mop and a bucket. Anna Kendrick <laughs> just is go. just pulling a body. <laughs> Tiny little Anna Kendrick. <laughs> It's She's just, just squirming. Somehow, like, the most physically adept <laughs> and out it's of this just, entire group. There's just a silent moment where he's standing in the doorway. She's looking at him, and she kind of sees behind him someone, like, squirming to, like, get a body across the floor. And it's that mm. long, squeaky sound, like... Oh, oh no. <laughs> and it's just slow, and no oh, one speaks. I it's just a it. cut back and forth to Kurt Russell and Vera Farmiga's face as they look at each other and not down on the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, oh, God, I think we, we might have to stuff her inside the mess. <laughs> oh, God. I think we might have to stuff. I'm so sorry, Olga. You're such a good actress. Um, we will give you stuff to work with. Uh, <laughs> you, gonna, you will not just going to be the best super spy ever. <laughs> ever and it's not her fault because she expected competence. Yes. And she did not get it because we're American. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay, so... We've, we've thrown that wrench in the machine. Oh, God. Ironically, um, pun intended. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> so, I'm thinking... I'm th- there's a... Oh, shit. What movie was it? Oh, it's Men in Black is what I'm trying to reference here. So, now we're going we're gonna to take the test. And okay. They've gotten the answer keys ahead of time. Yeah. But now, like, you know, actual Air Force personnel are, are like, supervising on site. Yeah. As part of this whole inspection thing. So, they can't bring the answer keys in. So as many possible ways as we can come up with for them to write cheat. answers on yourself, yes, on other people and things in the room, yes. Uh, while the test is probably being administered by Kurt Russell, the first <laughs> thought that comes to my mind, besides writing stuff on your body, is that there's a globe on the administrator's desk at the yeah. end of the room, and he just rotates it and mm. all along the equator. One, B, yeah, two, A. I have the idea that the there's a clock up on the. On the wall, mm-hmm. but the clock isn't correct. There's like 14 numbers on the clock because mm-hmm. there's like 14 questions or whatever, yeah. and each one has a letter A, B, C <laughs> next to it. All these things like <laughs> highlighting the fact that these guys are actually very proficient engineers. Yeah. Like it's they just, built this clock that yeah. does not exist <laughs> instead of working. <laughs> instead of working and studying. So it's like <laughs> the commander, their commander is trying to get them to cheat, but they've got like supervisors who came to the mm-hmm. base for the day wandering around as they're doing this yeah, trying these to stop are them. The A team of not working. <laughs> it's it's I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. That whole kind of spiel. And I think I think we have to have Anna Kendrick dragging Olga Kirilenko's body past that door during no, the testing again, also. Yeah. It's just a long She's stick. very determined, <laughs> yeah. but she's very small. Anna Kendrick weighs 45 pounds. And Olga Kirilenko's pretty tall, I believe. I think she's 5'9 and 5'10. Okay. So, yeah, so the whole movie is like a lot of Andrew, Anna Kendrick maybe chomping on a cigar, just getting <laughs> body disposal done because yes. she's the only one like with the stomach for this. Oh, my God. Um, she's literally chopping up the body. Like, yeah. we don't have to see it, but we got to hear it. I'm thinking... Channing Tatum is like our sort of computer tech guy. And they, again, uh, uh, incorporating your idea, floppy disks are gone. Yeah. (laughs) And now they've got to do a tech demo of the launch system. And Channing Tatum converts his Raspberry Pi gaming system (laughs) into a display. He basically hacks uh, that game, what is it, Missile Strike? Yes, yes. And does a display of it on, he just takes the screen out from inside this huge bulky computer system and pops in his Raspberry Pi, maybe like through a Nintendo Nintendo Switch screen. And it's just a copy of that or like the friggin' Star Wars game from the 80s where you're just in the the TIE fighter Uh and just shooting. And they're loading in a piece of black cardboard. (laughs) And they're just like... And there's actually nothing there. 
the brick shithouse that he is is inside an aluminum computer casing. Because it's like an old, like, 60s playing giant-ass hard drive. Yeah. Uh, oh Raspberry Pi, if you guys don't know, it's basically a custom video game operating system you can run and, and play, like, emulate your favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, the size about a, it's the size of, like, a deck of cards. Yeah, you like can go the on the actual board and find out how to build it, and it's very cheap. Yeah, they're, like, way. 30 bucks. Yeah, you can find a way to play your favorite, like, old Nintendo or something. And, like, it's or... literally just he loads up that one game, yeah. and he's playing it in there while they're giving a PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the keys are gone. So this movie very much runs like a play where each act is a separate entity. So like the first, oh, whatever, yeah. the first act is the test cheating. The second act is building the game for the, for the PowerPoint yeah. presentation. First act has to be this whole like sort of like building of yeah. like the dominoes are falling and they're finding out this is happening. Test is happening. Inspections are happening. The UN is coming on like a ten-year yeah. anniversary tour of, of, of nuclear disarmament. Uh, the the fucking missile is gone, or uh, one of the missiles is gone. The floppy disks are gone, and the end of Act One is Olga Karlenko getting killed. Yes, that's, our, that's the end of our absolute roller coaster escalation of the first act. Yes, what it, if it should definitely start with. Uh, General Michael Carey over in Russia and then as yeah. he's there talking to women and, and you know because he got fired <laughs> because he was like speaking to suspect quote unquote women over in Russia Olga Kirilenko is one of them mm-hmm. and that's why she comes over to America yes. because oh. he's saying all of these things we have so much it's, it can be like a five or ten minute prologue yeah just before we can we, I don't know opening credits or title or whatever just yeah but I just I love the idea the of the most smash cut story. title like 25 minutes into the movie yeah like oh, you God. get you get General Kowalski saying the line the greatest risk to my force is doing something stupid and then boom <laughs> you get the cut to the title and then we get into it with all these different characters I love it so much this is perfect I am fine with replacing Jay Baruchel with Channing Tatum no, we can have as many. We can have an ensemble. cast. That's true. It should be an ensemble Ronnie's cast. Great ensemble cast. He yeah. did Hamlet, and he only cut like one character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we just have. We can still have Bill Murray play Michael Carey. Yeah, we're gonna have so much fun with that prologue. But the best part is that he's literally only in it for the first five or ten minutes. Yeah. And you know what? Bill Murray gets top billing on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> I love fucking tricking yes. people. Yes. Or, or the other end of that is we don't bill him at all. Yeah, that's true too. Or it's like one of those surprises, like when Matt uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon was an interstellar, interstellar yeah. things like that. Like, I like the idea now. Like you had the idea for the poster of like them in the microwave. <laughs> now I like the idea of a poster of like Channing Tatum with a game controller in the box, and everyone's kind of behind him, mm-hmm. like their heads are just looking at what he's playing. <laughs> just like, someone, what, Jorge Garcia is in the back saluting, so like, but he's death. got the wrench in his pocket. Yeah, like there's some Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, oh my there's God. just some Easter eggs. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll have. Have them perform feats of incredible engineering to cheat on the test. Uh, that's how we do the tech demo. Hopefully, we're just going to be moving Olga Karolanko's body from room to room because it's only Anna Kendrick doing it. Yes, the entire the, time. This is the best she can do is go like room to room and just make sure she's yeah. not in the same place as like yeah. everyone's going to be. We're and keeping then, Vera Farmiga in the closet as yeah. much as we can. There's got to be there's like this is going to be Anna Kendrick's shtick throughout the entire film is just dragging that body Mm -hmm. and I just have the idea of like her going like busting from from behind busting into a room Mm -hmm. and there's just like a couple dudes playing poker and he just she just looks at them and then just slowly and then then slowly turns around drags the body back out like my my influence of putting this team together was that I wanted like my original idea of Channing Tatum O'Shea Jackson Anna Kendrick and Jorge Garcia was to create Something similar to like the structure of the A team, yeah, and then have people fill different roles that they should be. Yes, like you'd expect Mr. T to be O'Shea Jackson, but I'm making it Anna Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of thing. I really like the idea of having her drag the body and then walk back ten paces, wipe up with the mop on the oh hallway floor. Oh my god, that is a brilliant. Lean bit. the mop against the wall, keep dragging the body ten paces, going back and just we are wiping. Gonna the masturbate floor. on that bit too. It's gonna be a two minute shot. It's so I'm good. I'm not cutting away from this. Oh my god, this is perfect. This might be the first movie where we actually have to say we're doing. Yeah. Like this might be the one where we're like, hey Other guys, the maple caper. Thanks for thanks for listening to this podcast, but this one you can't have. Yeah. <laughs> If we see any of these fucking ideas in a movie, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm coming for you, Seth and Evan. <laughs> You're not taking this. Um, oh my God, this is perfect. So I do. Yeah, that's can, great. can I? Can I? Can I request that we do use my title, "The Men Who Disarm the World"? Yes. Or do yes, we want to like that? Do okay. Nuked is just like a good punchy one. I yeah, it is. With, but like, I, I'm always a sucker for those long titles, though. I don't the know why. The Men Who Disarm the World. 
that's the right structure, but I think we can tweak the wording. Okay. It's still, it's very much like the men who stare at goats. Yes. It's the, yeah, it doesn't have to be the men right who... right on top of it. Yeah, but I love disarm the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to use that somehow. And I like the idea of using men because yeah. the women are the only ones that are actually trying to get something done yeah. correctly. <laughs> like, Olga Kirilenko is a good spy. Vera Farmiga is just caught with paperwork. Anna Kendrick is trying to cover this up. Those characters are the only ones actually doing a good job at, like, getting <laughs> things done. Even though some of them are the wrong things to get done. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying the to think. The men who swear in silos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the idea of the end of just her stuffing her, her body into a silo, though. Oh. Into one of the missiles. Like, inside, because they're not going to open it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Until they until they find out, like, what like the last cut of the movie or something. Mm-hmm. is like they open the door and see the missiles and go, hey, look, there they yeah. are. And then you just see, like, a drop of blood coming out from, like, the door of the missile. <laughs> so, okay. So let's say this base has... Uh, two ICBMs. They've got yeah. two silos with two missiles, and one goes missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to Just be like the fucking uh, idea. It doesn't need to be like a six pack of missiles. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a relatively small outfit. Just like <laughs> right in Colorado, and that's why they have weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's in the back. It's in the back storage area, which no one's ever been in. And it's just overgrown with weeds, and there's like a Tonka tractor. <laughs> and uh, so, how are we faking? the presence of an intercontinental ballistic missile in the other silo. What do you mean? Like, oh, like, so the, During the, the supervisors yes. show up? Oh, they've got to build something. And here's my idea. Mirrors. Mirrors? I was... Mirrors. Okay, so my first thought process was Ikea. Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of them going to Ikea and being like, get something that looks like, like an end table that we could possibly make look like a... <laughs> I bought... 45 Fury Burns. <laughs> look, they which have are this, these end tables that look this, like an aluminum casing. They have this retro 1950s fridge. Let's use that and make it into something. <laughs> oh, gosh. I put a red umbrella at the top. So do you mean literally mirrors, like, somehow from the other silo, they're yep. mimicking the imagery? Of- yep. Like, we're in a, in a sort of a control room, and there's a, one wide glass panel yeah. to look into both silos. And it's just oh, one on the wait, left, no. one on the right, and a divider in the middle. And I've got mirrors. it. The missing missile ends up in the other silo, and they just use mirrors to make it look like it's multiplied. So it's duplicated. Okay. It's to look like there's I extra ones. Was, isn't that what I was saying? Oh, I thought you were saying literally mirrors from the other silo yeah. across the base. They're just doing like, a, if you, uh, just in your mind's eye, just imagine we're in like a NASA control room. Okay. And there's a big glass panel. In front. On the left side, you're looking into one missile silo. And on the right, you're looking gotcha. into the other. And there's kind of like a big concrete divider in the middle. Gotcha. And they okay. just jury-rigged. Like, you can't get close to the glass. Yeah. <laughs> because then you'd notice that there's like a huge mirror here. And they've just somehow managed to fake it. And you would kind of like, on close inspection, notice that one missile says USA and another <laughs> one says ASU. <laughs> That is perfect. As the supervisor's walking by, one of the guys just standing there realizes, like, one of the keys is in one of those turnstiles and just quickly grabs it out and puts it into his pocket. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. This is perfect. Oh, man. Again, just feats of work. Yeah. There's just, there's, this definitely, this is the type of movie that, that has to have, like, hundreds of Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like, it requires more than one viewing. Oh, sure. Like, it's that type of film. I want to hide Buzz Aldrin in this movie somehow. Yeah. <laughs> he could be the supervisor. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you'd have to go back and look for Buzz <laughs> It's like, uh, what's his face in Star Wars? Someone put on... Daniel Craig. Didn't he put on a Stormtrooper outfit? Yeah. yeah for Star, Star Wars. <laughs> That's so great. All right. So, we got that. We got Ander Kendrick's thing. Anna Ken... Anda. Anna Kendrick's thing. Anna Kendrick. We got Channing Tatum. Are we we using Kurt Russell? Yeah. Okay. So be, what is he can be the base commander, and Bill Murray can be the, <clears throat> the, the head of the ICBM gotcha. uh, division of the Air Force. Okay. So because we're only using him in the program. So yeah. So Kurt Russell's part is kind of like uh, directing this mm-hmm. whole mishap into becoming a successful mishap. Is that what you'd say? I, I I think more of it is the team in and of itself coming up with things, and he has this very traditional approach to the job okay. of, of, of being like an old school Air Force guy, but his version of being an old school Air Force guy 
is being an old school cheater. Yeah. Like sneaking in answer keys yeah, 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 and all yeah. these different things. And they have to go the next step above and beyond. But he still thinks like he's the one leading these guys through yeah. the infection the whole time. I just, so. I can't get over the fact that like Anna Kendrick's the one dragging the body. Because to me, it makes me think she has like a Napoleon complex. Mm-hmm. Where like Jorge Garcia or someone is like, oh God, let me get this out of here. And she's like, no, I'll take care of it. And they're like, really? You? Know what, you? Yes. Let's treat Anna like Sarah fucking Connor in Terminator yes. 2. Like we'll get a glory shot of her back as she's doing pull-ups <laughs> inside the silo. And, like that's sort of her bit of negligence as she yeah. insists on propping the door open. She's working out in here and it gets hot. She's like that dude from that video recently that was like five foot and got fucking tackled at a bagel shop because yes, he was... But, <laughs> but physically competent. <laughs> Because he was like, women hate me. And then the, the guy just tackled him. <laughs> and Channing Tatum's the one faking the computer displays. I'll say Jorge can take uh, can take lead on the mirrors uh, yeah. in the silo. And Jay Baruchel is just sweating his ass off yeah, the entire time. <laughs> because I want Jorge to be able to make the joke smoke and mirrors as he fucking ex- exhales a bong rip. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. And then I also want, at some point, I want Jay Baruchel's uh, Canadian maple leaf tattoo showing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I don't remember where it is on his body, but I know he has yeah. one. He's just <laughs> in a panic attack the whole movie and, like, actually, maybe... Like, he's you know, in a manic state. You know I love black humor and, and the, the John Cleese school of comedy. Yeah. So maybe our Jay Baruchel bit is that he spends the whole movie preparing to commit suicide. Oh, my God, that's perfect. Like, elaborately and, like, with an American flag drop-down display yes. and all these different things because he truly believes his career is over and he's freaking out. And, and maybe... The the U.S. Uh, Air Force Chief of Staff is Jake Parashel's dad, yes. and that's why. And somehow, like each time he attempts to commit, is it is it he tries to attempt suicide and he fails? Harold Mudd. Okay, <laughs> have you seen that movie? I haven't actually. Harold. Okay, uh, Harold Mudd. Most people know is the movie about a young guy who falls in love with an old woman. Sure. But, like, he's incredibly morbid, and he spends the whole movie, like, it looks like he's actually killing himself to get his mother's attention. Like, in every movie, he's, like, hanging himself. Jesus. Or, like, cutting his wrist, and, like, his mother fights in the bathtub with his wrists open. And <laughs> the fact that he's alive in the next scene after that implies that he uh, has faked it for his mom's attention. Like, the whole movie's trying to quit it. But that's, that's a big bit in that movie, is constantly discovering him having killed himself yeah. or in the process of killing himself. <laughs> But that it, and that it's fake, and this like we're constantly maybe things that they're doing are disrupting his different suicide plans. So and it goes from a very sort of dignified like, you know, sorry to take the easy way out, putting his gun to his head kind of thing, and maybe he's shuffled or. Darn okay, it. so in your in your mind, are you thinking he attempts multiple times and fails, yes. or is it he is building up to the end where he is attempting and fails? Because I, I don't know hmm. what's funnier if he's actually planning the entire thing, the entire movie, or if he just continually plans multiple attempts and each fails. It's tough. I, I think what we could do is break it up by acts. We could have three attempts, mm-hmm. not like one every scene. We'll have three major attempts by Maybe him. they get like less and less dignified. Yes. Yeah, well. like the first one is like he puts on his clothes, he folds his, his, his dress, dress uniform. Yeah, and, and he, it's, it's, it's yeah. the character from um, uh, uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah. The general oh who God. kills himself uh, and when he puts on the outfit with a sword and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like something goes wrong there. And then the second attempt is, like, he tries to hang himself. Mm-hmm. And then the third attempt is, like, he tries to get run over by a fucking tram car or something yeah. like that. Maybe he tries to throw himself off the top of the silo and he gets confused by the, the mirrors and he just... Yes. He's just fucking... Boom, <laughs> bounces. But the question is, does he accidentally die or does he live? I think in a movie in which we violently murder over oh, like pretty early, like, we're good. <laughs> we're good that should be the only body yeah 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 i agree with that we so, don't want a body count let's see if there, is there anything else we need them to to fuck up at and then magic their way out of we, we had the missing missile floppy disk and computer display the test what else the actual test we've got what else did i have anything um are we gonna are we gonna have it where my ending is they actually just discover the things in like a different room yeah, yeah, the back, okay. they're, they're in just like there's a back door. We we completely left out my idea for the reporter, but I don't think we need him. Oh, right, the reporter. I love the idea of yep. a reporter investigating something that is completely mm-hmm. different from what's actually going on, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out a way he would be there on the same day that all these things are occurring. True. Other than interviewing the supervisors or something. Yeah, maybe he's, he's in with the inspectors as part of like a write-up that he's doing. 
I just, I, I just really love that idea of like, it's kind of like the, um, it's kind of like a misdirection, you yeah. know? So he can be, he can be coming in with the, with the inspection team that he was, you know, as part of a PR thing. To, it could also be like after, a military after, the, after Bill Murray fucks up so bad. There you they go. Need better public relations, so they're gonna have this guy come along and show that like everything's okay at the ICBM. Sites. So maybe he's PR. He's not a reporter. He's military here's PR. Why he's, Is that a here's thing? why he should be like an independent reporter. Okay. They bring because he is a conspiracy theorist. Okay. And is very suspicious of the government. <clears throat> yes. But their attempts to fake things work so well on him. That he truly believes and is writing up a report that nuclear war is imminent. There's no way a place would be this prepared and ready to go on a moment's notice. Yes. Like the missile's already warmed up and everything. They fake it with a smoke machine. Yeah, they yeah. use the karaoke night. <laughs> um, and like, he's like, oh, wait a minute. The oh summit in North Korea just failed. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're actually ready to go. Like, I think we're at DEFCON. We're at DEFCON 3 or whatever it is. constantly sending in reports to, like, the Times of just, like, this That's so great. What I'm seeing here is not a day in the life of an ICPM Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are ready to launch right now. (laughs) Get on the horn with everybody we know. That's so perfect. And it's not... But do we have it where it's a fake to the audience that, like, you think he's investigating the missing missile the entire time? Or is it that he doesn't even know? Hmm. Because I like the idea of him being, like, I'm here to investigate... A, but what's really happening is B, and he ends up reporting about C. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, different a different approach than him thinking that they're going to launch is maybe that he's tracking the Russian uh, sort of uh, a spy angle of it. Okay. And maybe he decides one of them is. He thinks one of the American soldiers is a spy, yeah, a Russian he spy. One of our guys is. Okay. Maybe he speaks to Olga at one point and like thinks she's. Just a hooker Just or a something. Hooker yeah. Oh man, that'd be a juicy angle if I wasn't chasing this damn Russian. <laughs> like that. Could Maybe work. I'll that catch would, up with that chick later. Yeah, that would that'd be a hell of a B plot though, because we'd have yeah. to use him a whole lot. Yeah, and especially for an ensemble piece. Yeah, that's rough. He could he, he could have his suspicions and be that sort of conspiracy minded guy, and maybe he's the one constantly ruining Jay's suicide attempts because he thinks the Jay is the Russian spy he heard about. That I like. Cause, well, oh, because Jay's sneaking into all these areas to kill himself, yeah. and this guy thinks that he's he actually a Russian he's spy. He's eye while no one else notices. Like, he's going to oh, silo. Wait, what if he thinks he's a Canadian spy? <laughs> <laughs> because Jay... How many angles are we going to add to this? No, no, no. Instead of, <laughs> instead of having an actual Russian... He thinks there's a Russian spy. It's a fucking Canadian spy who's oh, trying to gain... Because maybe he sees... I don't know. He sees the maple leaf tattoo or something. Oh, God. That could, that could tie into the crisis they avert at the end of the movie. Yeah. That they think something's coming in from Canada. That's perfect. And, and that he, John Boyega has decided that Jay Baruchel is the one who did it. And yeah. Jay Baruchel has finally decided he wants to live. Yeah. Because he's noticed how well everything's going. And then John Boyega, to save America, kills Jay Baruchel. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the entire time he's trying to commit suicide, he fails miserably. In the end, he finally realizes, he finds like, a reason to I live. should live. I should be here. And then John Wayne murders him, him. And says, you guys are running the best site <laughs> in the entire U.S. Air Force. And he says, I don't, I don't not only want to live, but my relationship with my father has been repaired. <laughs> and then he dies. And John Wayne, all this, like, the, the, the crisis is yeah. happening. It's fun, you know, maybe Jay's dad thinks that they're going to die in nuclear holocaust and he gives him a tearful goodbye. And Jay's, like, ready to get to his station and just, boom! Just shoots him with a rifle he finds. I have evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I found him in security. <laughs> heavily armed. Oh, man, that is perfect. I found him heavily armed. He was sneaking yeah. into areas of the base. And we go to launch for this attack from Canada. <laughs> and they can't. But for some reason, it's perceived as that they won't. And then they find out that it was just a radar misreading. But somehow and it, they it all get it reads to the country yeah. as they 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 stood their ground. These and heroes, they were ready to do what was right yeah. for the country. In in the face of of, of an attack by a foreign power, Air. still wouldn't destroy an entire country. <laughs> and they're praised. And the missile program gets all this funding now. <laughs> and they get medals so and transfers. Perfect. And Vera Farmiga. Finally, finally finished. office. <laughs> she and she has assembled finished. a report on all the misdoings and the incompetence and the inefficiency of this place. And the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff shreds it, takes it, and says, 
but another young lady here is doing a fine job. We're going to put you in charge of this site. And she says, yes, I made it. And the reason is, is because Kurt Russell has been tapped to be the next Secretary of Defense. Yes! And then the <laughs> ending is literally just, they put Vera Farmiga in a slightly bigger room yep. and shut the door. Yep. <laughs> it's and perfect. It's just clearly covered in fuck stain. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's just so perfect. And they all get their comeuppance. All right, let's figure out this title before I we think, before we uh, cut yeah, off. I think we just assembled the movie. Yeah, that's a full film right there. Yeah. Every Holy every other cow. episode we've done has been like, here are some ideas for a film, and we got yeah. maybe an ending. I think we just assembled an entire film there. Yeah. All right, so let's work on this title because I want to keep disarm the world. I want to use that in some form if we can. Yeah. I wish I do love the men who disarm the world, but the men who stare at goats, it's right there. Yeah. It's right so on top on of it. Nose. It's so on the nose. Because you brought up Birdman before. Yes. We both love that fucking movie. And it's a long title, yeah, which I Birdman love. Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yeah. How about Nuked or The Men Who Disarmed the World? Perfect. Yeah. I like it. That's great. This is this is the entire crux of our podcast. Is by God we will merge these ideas if we have to stay here all night. <laughs> that is literally the point of this podcast: is to merge two ideas into one full fledged film. Yeah, and I think we've accomplished said feat. Oh man, I'm so sorry, Olga Kurilenko. <laughs> it's just the killing you. It's going to be the funniest thing I've ever done. I know, and I don't know why, but I want her in that role so badly. She's because, so perfect. Because we're useless white Americans. We don't know any other <laughs> Russian actresses. Actually, I looked up a ton. I just couldn't pronounce their names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode four of What Do You Got? You can find us on, uh, we are hosted on Podbean. I'm trying to get us onto Pocket Cast. I'm trying to get us onto iTunes, Spotify. Are we on Stitcher? Uh, I attempted. I think I don't, we're on Stitcher because I, I remember looking us up. Okay, then yeah, we, we're on Stitcher. Yeah. Go watch us. On, go go watch us. Go listen to us on Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, I believe it's W uh, W D Y G Podcast mm-hmm. Facebook page. Of course, on Twitter. On Twitter, W D Y G Podcasts. Uh, you can tweet us there. Uh, on Podbean, I believe you can actually write a comment on the episode. You can Please, part the episode. We would love to hear like people you'd want to see in this kind of movie, different ideas you have for jokes and casts. And we're uh, also always going to be looking for new crazy stories for future episodes. So if you have some stories that you know from around the world, please mm. send us some links. Doesn't even have to be real. Yeah. It can be a you legend can, or it can be people being wrong. You, yeah, 100%. You can also email us at wdygpodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to email us, send us some ideas, some links, things like that, we're there. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, Rob, do you have anything to plug? Uh, as always, I am with my uh, best good bud, Jeremy Doyle, uh, co-founder of Cape Swoosh Productions. We're a company that adapt your favorite comic book and gra- comic books and graphic novels into full-length, casted, and sound-affected audio dramas for your ear holes. So check us out on YouTube at Cape Swoosh Productions. Um, I don't really have anything but this podcast right now, so I'm going to just... Jesus Christ, Nick. Make that sound more desperate. (laughs) So, uh, I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at at Gabby Weiss. 